It's episode 30 of the Nuts with Pet Shop Eddie and Shoop Dog. Hey, I wanna shoop, baby. Hey, here I am. Pretty up, pretty much on cue this time. Reporting live. No. That, that always jumps there, Shoop. You gotta get a better file or something. What happened? Well, it just jumps every time you. Every time I'm, I listen back to our episodes, I hear that little hiccup in salt and pepper. Really? Yeah. You have to. You have to figure it out. I don't know what it is. Like maybe you're. I don't know. All right. Listen. listen welcome, listen Shoop Dog. You're here for episode thirty. I can't the believe the dirty thirty. Uh, Billy's not with us. He's on holiday with his family. But we do have Stat Boy. Let's hear his intro. Oh, oh. Uh, okay, let me just understand here. Did he just throw in a cracking of the of the I twist? Think I, heard, I heard a beer crack. When he's home safe, he's allowed to enjoy a beverage or two and... He doesn't love beer, but he's got a twisted tea in there. So oh, twisted no, no, tea, no, no, baby. No, we got to go back to a little bit before we started the episode. Shoop said that it wasn't summertime. It still is summertime, and twisted tea is my summer drink. <laughs> is that one of our? Are we trying to push for another sponsor right now, or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I don't oh, know. We we might have we might have fucked that up, being that you admitted he's underage drinking it. Oh well. No, no, he's home, he's safe. He's just having a a non-alcoholic twisted tea. You didn't. Oh, say. I got you. Yeah, hey, yeah. did I tell you though? Did I have I mentioned yet on the nuts the Wisconsin rule? No. Do you know? So in the state of Wisconsin, if a minor's in a bar with his parents and they give the okay, they can serve him up. Can you believe that? How, well, it's got to be some sort of age. Can't, you I can't mean, be like put, put this beer in my baby's bottle. I you I don't know what the deal is if yeah. they just hope everyone's using discretion. But I feel like I'd mentioned that before. Well, Wisconsin, by the way, so I can get to the border in like a half an hour. Sweet. Minneapolis is like southeast corner of Minnesota, right. and if you take the ninety four heading Chicago way, you cross over the. Um, St. Croix River into Hudson, which is a great city. And you're not too far from Green Bay. It's just another two hours from there, right? Green Bay is about a four-hour shot. Oh, four hour, okay. But you, it's like diagonally up from Minneapolis. I went last year. Yeah. It was a great time, man. Well, it I know in, awesome. in Europe, they're also a lot more laid back about, uh, you know, kids drinking. I mean, not, kids is the wrong answer because I think the age of in most places in Europe is 16, not 21. So. Dude, did you ever get popped for a minor in possession or anything like that? Uh, no, other than in college. And we should probably wait to have Isa and or Heine on to discuss this story. But uh, just once by the cops in uh, Hazleton. And actually it was pretty – we were flexing pretty well because it was the most beer ever – uh, confiscated in Hazleton, Penn State history. So, damn. Yeah. So we'll get into that some other time. But um, you know, you can hear I, it in my. Go ahead. I go got ahead. popped. I got popped as a sophomore in high school, boozing at a party, and the popos showed up, and I like tried to hide out in the woods, and they used. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Some crazy sheriff used like infrared goggles and found me hiding in a bush. <laughs> Just to give me a breathalyzer, and and I got a ticket, and I had to call my mom and dad. They were not happy. Good old Winston cops. Yeah, seriously. 
Um, Anyways. You can hear my voice. It's a laid-back episode tonight. Yeah, and there's a few reasons why, and we'll get into them later. But um, before we get into anything, uh, thank you to Hangry Kits for bringing us better audio. We're working on it. We're getting things ironed out as we go. And Hangry Kits is behind all that. They're sponsoring us and and enabling that all to happen. So go to hangrykits.com. Terrific snack packs and care packages for your loved ones. You can do one-offs for a sick person or just thinking of you treat or somebody in college as a care package. Or you can do major um, you know, bulk orders if you are in the uh, Microsoft corporate world, is what I meant to say, and you're throwing a big party for your employees. You can, you can get a bunch of hangry kits as door prizes or walk away home gifts and fun stuff like that so go Headshot, check D, out d wants one how do we get a hangry kit to d can you make a phone call and see if we can get some comps sent out here wow you're you're already asking for a comp instead of just going to hangrykits.com and ordering one i mean we are on a podcast pumping the product there's <laughs> probably been i mean who knows what the revenue spike's been since we've been talking about so hangry kits. so the way to do that is you go you know, hey, I'm going to go on Hangry Kits right now and get one for D. And then after the episode, you go, hey, Mildew, hook me up. <laughs> All right. I'm going to Hangry Kits right now. <laughs> Give figured, me the clicks, Stat Boy. Give I, me the clicks. Come on, Stat Boy, where you at? Yeah, hit the keyboard. Where you at? There, there it is. That's me going to Hangry Kits. Right, right on time, Stat Boy. Way to be tuned into the to the show here. Um, I was tuned in. I just couldn't hit the mute button. Well, stop muting yourself. What's the problem? Um, listen, it's episode 30. Can you guys believe we got to 30? No problem. I, I mean, thought we might have been here sooner. We're just we're just trucking right along, and episode 43 looms in the distance, and we'll see what happens uh, on episode 43, if anything. So far, so far no response. <laughs> I have texted him. He is invited and that we want to do a Polamalu-ridden show for 43. And, you know, to his credit, it feels like almost every ex-Steeler's got a pod now. Yeah. He's, and he's been on it. He I, might be potted out. I'm sure. I'm sure he is. So I'm, I don't but have high I'll tell you what. If, if Troy does not join us um, – We'll do a five-minute TP segment. I've got some some nuggets to, to <laughs> fill the airwaves. Well, uh, let's shuffle the deck here. Uh, the only thing I have for shuffle the deck was errors. And I have to be honest, I didn't hear the entire episode. I had bits and pieces as I had a busy week myself and didn't get to hear. But you guys have any errors from last week? I listened in 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 uh, segments and nothing nothing came out. I mean, it's tough to make errors now that we have Stat Boy on site. It's true. A lot of times, if there's something that's you know up for grabs or ambiguous, we just have Stat Boy check. So, yeah. so what I don't know, maybe we phase errors out of out of the uh, out of the pod rundown, but we'll see. We'll figure that out. Um, well, let's get right into whole cards then, and we have reached episode 30, so I wanted to throw some 30s out in sports, and this week, thirties, the 30s in sports are going to sort of spawn other topics in the episode, so you guys will know what I'm talking about, so hang with me, but um, if you're on Instagram, I posted a link to a YouTube video, it's a great video, so... 
uh, a 30 for the Philadelphia Phillies. There, there's a lot of them, obviously. But one name that popped out to me was Steve Jeltz. And Shoop, have you heard of that name? I don't know Steve Jeltz. All right. So he was a, in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and uh, shortstop, uh, under underachiever, really. I mean, you know, probably hit career 240 to 260, somewhere in there. But there's this terrific video about this one game that happened. The Pittsburgh Pirates were in town in Philadelphia. And, no, I'm sorry. They were. There was a home game. And the Phillies went 1-2-3 in the first. And then the Pirates scored 10 runs in the bottom of the first inning. Okay? And the announcer of the Pirates goes, uh, hey, if – no, you know what? I'm fucking this up. It was in Philly because he said they scored in the top of the first. They scored 10 runs. And then the bottom of the first, Phillies didn't score anything. And the and the Pittsburgh announcer said, I'll tell you what, if the Phillies come back and win this game, I'll walk to Phil- walk home to Pittsburgh. Um, I keep getting my home city messed up because I'm from Philly, but he was saying, I'll walk home to Pittsburgh. Anyway, long story short is – Steve Jeltz hits two home runs and leads the Phillies to a 13 to 12 or 13 to 11 comeback in that game. And he has to make good on his bet. And it actually, they turn it into uh, a charity fundraising. And he actually does walk from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh. He doesn't do it that weekend. Cause it, you know, he had to plan it out, but the, the, the mayor, the two mayors got together and were like, we got to make this dude, Good on his bet. And, okay, so the the best part about the video isn't necessarily that story, although that story is centrally, you know, part of it. But Steve Jeltz, who, like, I think he hit, like, nine career homers in his, like, 16 or 14-year career. But two of them were in that game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it was clearly the reason the Phillies came back. One was one. I want to say one was a granny, and one might have been a two runner. But this video is just amazing how it breaks down the stats of Steve Jeltz's career and essentially how absolutely average or even below average of a player he was. But he just had this one amazing game that uh, happened to be. Uh, you know, a monumental baseball game. So I might be boring everybody, but it's a really well, wait a minute. cool. I gotta know, Step Boy, give me the distance on Pittsburgh to Philly, it's, or the other way around. It's about five hour drive, maybe even five and a half. So well, let's, then that's the three hundred miles. Yeah, let's call it three hundred and thirty miles ish. Twenty twenty minute walking miles. Right. How, I mean, how long did it take him? Well, look it up, what's, man. What's the rest of the story? The rest of the story is they organized this huge walk and he did it. I think it took him a few days and they like slept over and, uh, you know, they walked and then slept in a hotel and then walked and slept in a hotel and it's all out there. It's on the YouTube video to see. So that's why I posted it on Insta earlier tonight. It's, Maybe they stopped in Allentown. They, yeah. And, and baby Billy was just being born. That's speaking, a good story though. Speaking of baby Billy, you watch the righteous gemstones on, uh, Netflix or no HBO Max on HBO Max. You watch the Righteous Gemstones. I've never heard of it. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Oh, why don't you throw a thirty out there before I keep talking? And people get sick of me. Well, let's start with uh, 
the Sprat the Splash Brothers. This? The the uh the the Golden State Warriors number thirty Steph Curry. Steph Curry probably now I don't know if people are, if they're if you're just tuning into the pod, um Shoop and I kind of tell each other what we're gonna come up with in terms of uh generally, but not specifically. So I'll say Shoop, get some thirty in sports, Shoop, get your uh get your worst bet in, but we don't go over them specifically. So um it's great to have a, a nice, just normal conversation about. It. And so I'm bringing that up because Steph Curry shoot. What do you think? We have to say at this point is the greatest shooter of all time, pure shooter of all time in the NBA. Don't you think? Yeah. It's tough to argue that. I mean, people yeah. love to throw out Larry bird. Yep. Um, and, and, uh, and Larry played in a different era with a different team. He was a bigger guy. Um, but what, what Steph Curry does, um, I, I can't say I've seen anything like it in my lifetime. And I know the goat conversation is all about LeBron and Michael, but yep. I mean, Steph Curry is, uh, I mean, you look at him physically, he's, I want to say six, yeah. three, yeah. he puts in a lot of time in the gym to maybe maintain a buck 75 and what's, what's really fun to watch with Steph Curry is his off the ball movement. Yeah, um, he, the guy wears down energizer bunny, man. And he has a, he has a release that, I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. He really it's is really unbelievable. unbelievable. And we use that word probably too much in today's sports, but I, I'm here to say he's probably uh, responsible for really, um, pulling me fully back into the NBA because I was really out of the NBA when it was the Shaq era and the David Robinson era. And while those guys are amazing, awesome players, I just couldn't take another fucking dunk. You know, another team dribbled a ball up, make two passes into the post and have the guy essentially just tiptoe or barely over his tiptoe and dunk the ball. And I know I'm horribly oversimplifying that era of the game. I, I know, but I was so bored at watching sports center time. Again, it was just dunk, 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 dunk. And Steph and some other players, obviously nowadays just brought back uh, the deep range ball. And I love it. So I think he really is the greatest shooter. I, you know, yeah, there's probably another conversation. It's a surprise now. when he misses. Yeah, and and his range is like you have to say it's damn near from half court. <laughs> Pretty much half in yeah. is is uh is a good chance it's in it's in the <laughs> net, baby. He's awesome. He really is awesome. He makes watching the game a lot of fun. Uh, great one. So Do you have real, another one? Real, so real quick, yeah. going back to the walking. Appreciate it, it, it Stat Boy. It'll take uh, four days and yep. seven hours if you go nonstop. Right. So I think that, yeah, that's nonstop, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. probably yeah, took a probably better, a week, better part of a week or more. Yep. Well, it's all in the video, and I, you nice know, don't work, Ned. don't quote me if he if he didn't make it from one city to the other, but they definitely did a multi-day walk uh, to raise money for charity and fundraising stuff. So good work, Stat Boy. Do uh, you got another one, Shoop? I got one or two yeah, more. Yeah, let's okay. go to the. Uh, Mile high salute number thirty TD Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis really um, again. This is all off our cuff, right? But uh, probably uh, instrumental in bringing Elway and the Broncos their first two Super Bowls. 
they're only or excuse me their first two you're right the sheriff got one yep so uh yeah denver's got three i think denver uh check on this stat boy i think denver has the most super bowl appearances in nfl history no if not it's uh new england it's new england but denver's not far behind yeah new england you know has what brady has six and so I, I got it all right here. Go ahead, stab. Well, hold on, hold on. Let, let me try. Yeah, 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 Brady yeah. has six wins, but he's lost one, two, Brady's been three, in ten. Four times, yep. Um, so, and then they were in the 85 Super Bowl, and they were in one with Drew Bledsoe. So I want to say that the, the Patriots have been in, I'll throw one in for good measure, 13 Super Bowls. So they've actually only been in eleven. Oh shit! Really? No, yep, that 11. can't be. Uh, yeah, Brady was in ten because Brady okay. took over right. Bledsoe, and eighty-five was their outlier. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. 2017, I thought, I... 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, and right. Denver Broncos are tied at eight Super Bowl appearances with the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that eight. second, Stat Boy? Yeah, that's second. All right, so pretty good, Shoop. I mean, you, you knew they were up there. I actually would have said that they were like third or fourth because I, I thought uh, Dallas had more than them. So, okay, good job. So you had Patriots first and then three teams tied second with just appearances. That's incredible. That yeah. accounts for 34 out of the what? Yeah. 52 well, or something well, you, like that? You, you have to, you're counting both teams. So you got to say 34 out of the 105 or 106. I mean, you know what I mean? Because yeah. two teams could play each other. Could be Cowboys. Sure. Yeah. You know, I actually have that all in my spreadsheet that I do that I'll, I actually haven't looked at in a while, but I'm starting to pull that out because of the NFL coming back and I got all my betting. Uh, stats and data in there, and so I did a Super Bowl page too, and so that should all be on my at my fingertips, but it's not. Um, okay, any more thirties? Good job on the TD. Uh, I'll throw out one more. One of the greatest goalies of all time, Martin Brodeur. Wow. Marty Brodeur. I will just tease that thirty is a huge goalie number, but is that all you got? That's it. All right. Well, I wanted to start with um, football. Well, I'm sorry. I guess I already started with Steve Jeltz. I wanted to continue with football and go with Corey Clement, who is a Southern New Jersey kid and won the Super Bowl in 2017 season with our and my, specifically, Philadelphia Eagles and was part of the Philly special. So a little teaser here that our flop this today, this episode – is going to be about um, named plays in the NFL. So we'll get into that. But Corey Clement, number 30, Southern New Jersey boy, in his rookie year, helps the Eagles win the Super Bowl, scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and is also a part of the Philly special. Uh, Also, moving to the Sixers, and boy, do we have to talk about the Sixers. 
by Furkan Korkmaz, who technically I think is still rostered on the Sixers, uh, also wears number 30. Um, and we'll get back to the Sixers in just one second. And huge goalie number. I'm going to throw out a bunch of names at you guys. And and I included these for a few reasons, Shoot One, because it's a Philly, Seattle, quasi you know, sports. I know you're a Minnesota guy, and we've talked about that many times on the pod, but just for the new listeners. Um, so obviously I wanted to talk about the, the Flyers goalies, but you're a goalie dad, and your boy Corbo is a huge goalie in Minnesota, so we got to show some love to the goalies. Yeah, absolutely, and he wore 30 a few years ago, and then last year he changed to 33. All right, well, I'm going to start with 30 goalie is Corb Shoop. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Corb. Uh, but uh, Philly, Flyers goalies, man, there's some really good names here and some not-so-good names. Bernie Perrant, of course, maybe regarded by some as the best uh, Flyers goalie ever. Uh, fans of Ron Hextall. And Pelly Lindbergh might uh, disagree, but Bernie Perrant won two cups. It's hard to disagree with that. Uh, Tommy Soderstrom was a Swedish goalie, War 30. Garth Snow. How about this name? Antiro Nidimaki. I know Iz is laughing at that guy. Ilya Brzgalov was an absolute space cadet. And Michael Newverth, all War 30 for the, for the Flyers, for the orange and black. So, yes, huge goalie number, number 30. Lots of others, as you mentioned, Martin Brodeur, but I'm not going to bring up any non-other Phillies guys. And Corb. So let's go Shoop, dog. Corb, 30s. Shout out for Shoop, for Little Shoop. What do you call him, Mini yep. Shoop? Well, ever since you started calling him Corbo, yeah. I haven't, it's hard for me not to call him Corbo. I love that name. Corbo's awesome. <laughs> He's been Corby or Shoop Dog, you know. Yeah. Um, he's getting bigger. He's about... 5'4", 130 pounds, so he's Sweet. starting to fill up the net a little bit. Nice. Get some pads on him, and he, he starts yeah. hockey soon here? What? Yeah, he's got his first fall game tomorrow. And shoot, so right? They, Go ahead. Well, they got about a 10-game schedule for the fall, and then mid-September will be tryouts. And oh, we'll sweet. see, see what team hockey, he, little, he lands on. And by October, season. it's... You know, Full four or on. five times a week yeah. at the ice for six months. Just before we went on the air, Shoop, you uh, had Corbo looking for one of your pets. Any update? Yeah, I was literally herding cats. <laughs> uh, we got four cats, and uh, Dee's, uh, she's got a Siamese and a gray tabby, Gizmo and Riley. And you and, had uh, two, so it's like Brady Brunch for cat, kitty cats. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. We've got this calico who's from the streets, and she's she's all about that smoke. And <laughs> we got to make sure that she's locked up if the other ones are roaming, because the other night the tabby figured out oh, she could boy. jump over the baby gate, and Fisticus. they were throwing hands at five oh, in the morning. No. You know what a disturbing sound is when cats are fighting full I do. on. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's violent. I I picture you jumping out of your bed like Joe Pesci and. My cousin Vinny and firing a gun into the night air. Well, I I jumped. I mean, I sprung out of bed. I don't know where that pep in my step came from. And then I tripped on the baby gate. It was it was a disturbing ordeal at five thirty in the morning. Please tell me you have like a ring camera inside the house that captured I, that moment. I wish I did. I don't. Uh, but you know, the story's there for D and I to reminisce. <laughs> and now all of you. Uh, before we move on to our flop tonight. 
How about my Sixers, Shoop? Ned, you guys up to date on the drama? What, Harden wants out? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that should bum me out too much. Well, hold on. It's not necessarily the thick of it. Yeah, that's not the thick of it. So go ahead, Shoop. Tell the peeps the story from a non-Philly sports point of view. Frankly, I don't know a lot other than he's just been making noise and he wants out. I don't know anything else. Well, the the news broke, I want to say, Monday morning, early Monday morning because he was over in China. Uh, So it might have been really late Sunday night or something. But um, he was doing an interview with a bunch of Chinese reporters and somebody asked him about this upcoming season. And he just sort of shocked everybody by saying, oh, oh, for this upcoming season – uh, yeah, Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey, I can't have a hard time saying his name, uh, coach of or GM of the Sixers, is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization which he is part of. And then he goes, and then this is him, he goes, let me repeat that, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization in which he's a part of. Now, wow, they've been boys, like he got them out of OKC and brought them to Houston, and then when James went to Brooklyn for a cup of coffee, Maury was hired here at the Sixers, so he was integral in getting him out of Brooklyn. And so I don't know what soured, but of course I don't know the ins and outs of his contract. And he did opt in. He had a player option this year, and he opted in. And then you know the Sixers were trying to trade him, but there's only one interested team, the Clippers. And so, you know, the Clippers aren't going to give their give us their best deal or their best offer because they're not competing against anybody. And so, first of all, what's that tell you? That only one of the team wants to trade for them. And so the Sixers didn't make a shitty deal, which we're all thankful for. But I think that's the crux of the argument. I think Harden was under the impression he would take – he would opt in. I think he gets paid $31 million to opt in. And then but if he ends up getting traded, then he gets a – five million bonus so i guess he was okay with playing for playing for 36 million this year but he's not okay playing for 31 million i listen it gets crazy right but okay shoot and ned kind of said it best i mean stat boy said it best that's not really the major issue the major issue is that it's causing you know rift in the between the players and the ownership and the management and since uh, Harden came out with that statement. A few of the of his teammates have backed him up, which is fine. Except what you know, PJ Tucker's one of them, and Joel Embiid's one of them. And Joel Embiid went to his Twitter and he scrubbed shit from his profile, so it, it no longer says that he's a Philadelphia 76er. It no longer says processing, which was his whole thing. Trust the process. When you went to his page, it was like processing, 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 and that's all gone. So now there's all kinds of speculation like that. He's going to be unhappy and he's going to bounce with James and they're going to go somewhere else. And it's just freaking drama that we just don't need. And we've been through the ringer with all of our sports and we're all just sort of tired of it. Now, to be the devil's advocate here. Please be the devil's advocate. On his Instagram, he still says, Joel, the process, and bead. Yeah. And it's saying processing under. So that's just on Instagram, which he also has 7.3 million subscribers followers. Yeah. So, well, well, a few a few things coming coming into my mind. Go ahead, right Chip Dog. Put me put my so, mind at ease, please. Well, I got to backtrack a little because before players are you know 
creating super teams and whatnot. Oklahoma City through the draft at one point for several years had Harden, Durant, yeah. and uh, Westbrook. And I scratched my head for years thinking, how did that not work out? <laughs> but as time unfolds and we see how high maintenance these guys are on their own individual teams, you know, it's obvious why it didn't work out. Yeah. And I don't know. I'll just say in Philadelphia's uh, case, it sounds like maybe it's better for Daryl Morey to go because you certainly can't lose Embiid. You can lose P.J. Tucker and James Harden and still compete, but definitely not Joel Embiid. Yeah, and, they, you know, they've already added uh, Pat Bev and uh, a couple other pieces. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just not even X's and O's, Shoop. It's just the drama of it all. Well, the players in the NBA seem to have more of a voice than the, uh, any other sport. Yeah, and they certainly it's been getting more and more like that over the last decade and a half or so. So I completely agree with your point. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully the other shoe will drop at some point and we'll discuss it here on the nuts with Pet Shop well, it Eddie. Just, it's it's got to come down to asset. It's got to come down to asset management. Who's more replaceable? And I can't imagine Maury's not the most replaceable out of all those well, pieces. I mean, let's not get too in-depth. You, ba- you got his back or what? Well, let's not get too in-depth about it. But I will say that, first of all, the other option with with uh, Harden was to give him a max contract, which nobody wanted. I'm sure fans across the board did not want that because of his aging, you, you know, clearly aging kind of play uh, – uh, happening in the last two or three seasons. And then, of course, you know, Josh Howard, owner of the Sixers, he doesn't want to give a max deal, which handcuffs him for other players. And, you know, uh, I mean, it's his money he's paying him, right? So I think Maury did right by the Sixers in the grand scheme of things when you take a step back and say, like, boy, giving Harden a max deal because he's James Harden um, would really handcuff the Sixers for at least the next three years, if not possibly five or further. So right off the bat, yeah, we are on Maury's side. Like, I'm sorry, James, with all the money you've made. Now listen, far be it from me to count somebody else's money. But from all the money he's made up until now, he can't play this season for $31 million? Like that's not that's not chump change, James. Yeah, thirty one to thirty six is not that big of a jump right. in terms of so know, so yes, I, I see your point. I definitely would love to lose Maury before I lost six of the guy six players, including Embiid and Harden and who knows else. But you know, we we gotta it's about the team. No one player is bigger than the team, correct? Um, I so know maybe that's, a pop- <laughs> that's a popular <laughs> slogan, but I, w- I was going to say with the exception of a bead, that's true. Yeah. Joel Embiid. I, I don't know. All right. Well, I let's move on season. and we'll hopefully cover this and maybe it won't be such drama in a few weeks. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure Harden's never going to play for the Sixers again. He made that clear, but I'm just hoping that we keep Joe and maybe add a few pieces and uh, have some fun in the fall and put something together for the spring for next year for the NBA. So let's move on to our flop this year, uh, this week. Did I even introduce whole cards was 30 and uh, now we're moving on to the flop. Just, just, just for you is um, all right. 
Shoop, right before the show started, I texted you, Get gather together some of your favorite NFL specifically named plays. But it doesn't have to be NFL because I actually have a couple of non-NFL plays. But um, before I go, I, don't know. I thought I thought you were specific to the NFL, but all right. Um, well, let's just think of them as we're talking because I mentioned Corey Clement, number thirty, in our whole card segment, uh, being part of the Philly special in the Super Bowl, and you know, for the Eagles. So I'll speak first from the Eagles' point of view. There's definitely no bigger or more important play than the Philly special or Philly Philly. And a couple of things about it, and I'll just talk and see what you guys' opinion of. First of all, it was an unbelievably ballsy call. Uh, and if you watch the, you know, the uh, mic'd up behind the scenes version of that Super Bowl, it was actually Nick Foles who said, you want Philly Philly to Doug Peterson, to which case, which case Doug kind of looked up from his playbook and looked at Nick and goes, you know what? Yeah. So then Nick goes out in the field. That's it. That's the last they talked. Nick goes out in the field and calls the Philly special, and they run it to perfection, and it's just one of the greatest plays. I feel, okay, it, it has to be the greatest play in Eagles history because of what eventually happened in that game. And I think it's probably one of the top ten, if not top five plays of Super Bowl history um, because of, you know, the whole, I mean, Tom Brady, it was right before the half. It was from, it was a fourth down from the one and a half or two yard line. And um, just ballsy, perfectly executed. Corey Clement, Corey Clement, uh, I think it was um, uh, blanking out on the tight end who who uh, threw the ball actually because it was snapped directly to Clement and he lateraled it to, um, oh God. He's was still it Goddard? Little- no, it was uh, actually Ertz was on the team, but it wasn't Ertz. It was uh, TJ TJ Edwards. Why am I blanking out? Uh, maybe Statboy can look up Philly Special and see who the players. I'm pretty sure it was TJ. Oh God, I'm blanking out. No, 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 it wasn't TJ Edwards. Um, I don't know. I well, got it's not, a tight. It was it was Zach Ertz's backup tight end, and he threw just a dime to Nick. And anyway, so that's my first. Name play. I gotta just add a few things on there. What's Please special do. about that is, you know, these NFL teams they watch tape and they have down and distance for every situation and they watch tendencies. So like the coordinators will call strategy, you know, strategic defense based on tendencies and what they've seen in film. Yeah, and that was not on tape at all. <laughs> no. Which Pete knew. Peterson's got to know. Shit, that's probably the best option we can do right yeah. now it's risky but the reward was definitely the juice was worth the squeeze for philly <laughs> yeah. special great point and how enjoyable was that not only for eagles fans but just the guy watching the watching the super bowl so uh great point did you have something else on it or you want to get into one of no yours? that's what that's all i had to okay add. what what's one of yours buddy well i gotta i gotta stay in the nfl and i'll be local here the minneapolis miracle uh, yes case keenum Throws it down to Stephon Diggs while the Vikings are trailing the Saints. And the defensive back of the Saints comes up to make the tackle, whiffs, and Diggsy takes it down the sideline for six. Vikings win. I remember where I was and what I was doing when that call was, uh, when that play happened. 
I was watching the game and thought it was over and had somewhere to be and I was listening on the radio. Oh, and no. I pulled over because uh, the radio voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, he's pretty good actually. Yeah. He he was just like, you know, he said like, Diggs is loose or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I pulled over and I'm listening. And I'm like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. And they score, no flags. And I get out of the car and I'm like yelling, yes, yes. And there was a guy in his backyard doing the same thing. <laughs> and we were yelling at each other, can you fucking believe this? Oh, so, my God. So, Soup, not to not to diminish that, but wasn't that the same? It was, it was like f- f- three or four weeks before the Philly special. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's that they beat the Saints and then next and that propelled them to the NFC championship and that's when they lost to the Eagles. I suppose you're right. I don't I think I'm, I'm not trying to shit on your play, but it's just funny that you came up with it. It's the same exact season. So number 88, Trey, Trey Burton. Burton. Yeah. Trey Burton. I just popped in my head Nick too. Foles and thank, Philly Philly. thank you. Stat boy. Um, great play. Uh, Minnesota. What's it called? Mute. Not Music City Miracle. The Minneapolis Miracle. Minneapolis Miracle. Of course, we know the Music City Miracle with uh, – with, uh, It uh, was, I believe, Frank Wycheck. Frank Wycheck, exactly who it was. Yep, yep. And the Tennessee Titans beat the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo which, Bills. On you the- know, that play still – I don't know if that was a lateral. It looked it looked it forward looked, to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that one. That one's a tough one. Uh, you got another one? Yeah, I got another one. Um, the immaculate reception. Yes, Franco. Franco Harris. Uh-huh. Which again, which again, many many years later, in Raiders' minds, was a play that shouldn't have happened due to some. Uh, Rules at the time, as far as like, did the ball hit a receiver prior to the uh, the running back catching it? I don't know. There, there's just some controversy there from Raiders' sides. Well, I think more than the the order of touching, I think they were they they, they swore that it hit the ground, like it took a short hop. Because if you watch that play, they always cut from one view to the next because. The cameraman got fooled on it, right? So he panned left, and the ball actually went to the right. So, he, so the so the normal camera was out of play. But then they switched to the end zone camera, and you see Franco bent down, like just barely out of frame, collecting the ball. And I think a lot of the beef was that they think it sort of short hopped, but no one will ever know whether it did or not. I don't know, but I will piggyback real quick and yeah. go. I'll double up the Take Raiders. Your time. The Raiders take another bad beat the, with the tuck rule. Oh, the t- I thought you were going the Heidi game, the Jets game. and uh, But go ahead. Yes, the tuck rule. Well, I don't know which one you're talking about. That's way, way back, and it has to do with uh, uh, one of the early, the early days of Sunday night football, and the game was on, and it, you know, it slotted from, let's say, 8 to 11. And but the game went longer than three hours, and right at eleven o'clock, it cut off. And and the and the show Heidi or the movie Heidi, which is like a uh, you know like the Little House in the Prairie type movie, came on, and everybody went nuts because I want to say the Jets were making a comeback, and they're playing against Oakland, and it was like one of the crucial last plays, and and the and the game just cut out, and it was Heidi, 
and and everybody lost their minds in New York because they couldn't see if they won or lost. They had to like check wow. the papers the next day because it was way back. So go ahead. What tuck rule? Well, the tuck rule, and there's a whole thirty for thirty on that. Yes. And gosh, I don't know. I honestly don't know where I stand on that. <laughs> if it was a fumble or not. I it looked like a fumble, yeah. but the letter of the law and whatever else happened and um just some hard luck for the Raiders for both those games. I think they were well, the the uh the tuck rule game was the AFC championship. Right. I believe. And and I think it was I, Brady's I don't know second if, Super Bowl. I don't know if Oakland and Pittsburgh was an AFC championship. I don't know. Oh, the Franco Harris game? Yeah. Uh, I don't even The immaculate think... reception. I, I think it was just a standard playoff game. I yeah. don't know if it was the AFC title game. I think game. it was a divisional round or something. So, okay, great ones. Are you done? Have you shot your bullets? Uh, yeah, I just did three in a row. That's All pretty right. good. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, of course, we've talked about the shift before, which is off NFL. It's a uh, NHL Flyers, Claude Lemieux. Uh, Claude Lemieux. Claude Giroux had a uh, shift where he won a face-off, decked Crosby on his ass, and then scored a goal. And it was score a goal, not an assist a goal. Um, so we and that was a playoff game. And then you know the Eagles, other than Philly, Philly, the only thing um, maybe comes close to play, just single plays that pop out in our mind, uh, kind of centralize around Randall Cunningham. He had a a ninety-two yard punt one time. One time, and yes, our our quarterback had a 92-yard punt uh, or the play on Monday night against Pepper Johnson where he rolled to uh, Cunningham's right and Pepper Johnson shot out of the uh, defensive backfield like a rocket and hit Cunningham right on his thigh. And he, and he Cunningham flew back five yards and you thought, well, that's the end of that play. But he stayed on his feet somehow and stood up and delivered a touchdown. <laughs> so that's, I mean, as we we've teased having a Randall Cunningham uh, episode, Shupin. It might be too Rock much. To have a, it might be too <laughs> too much to have a whole episode on Randall, but he was an absolute weapon and an awesome player. Yeah. And now, then, was the punt was the ninety two yard punt a third down punt? Uh, no, no, our punter was hurt, so they brought Cunningham in to do it. And truth be told, certainly wind aided, but he got it up there in the in the wind, and it took a really nice bounce. And then the punt returner sort of got out of the way. I'm sure it's on YouTube, so if I have time tonight, I can put it on our Instagram. But 92 yard punt by our quarterback. So moving it's gotta on. Be, Go ahead. It's got to be an NFL record. You know what? It's a great question. I'm not sure if that's actually a record or not. I'll have to look that up. Maybe should. we have somebody. We got a guy for that. We do have a guy for that. I wonder if he's still well, awake these days. But what do you got um, for us, Stat Boy? So I just watched Drew's Claude Drew's monster shift. The shift, as you yeah. Say. How awesome and was that? He did blow up Crosby. Yes, and then scored after. Yes, it, it was a great shift. Yes. Well, now look for Randall Cunningham, ninety-two yard punt, and get back to us. See, uh, check and see if it is a. NFL record. Uh, do your best, that boy. I'm uh, sitting here trying to think if there's any baseball plays with a special name. There's got to be one, but nothing's come. I'm thinking like Kurt Gibson's home run in the 88 World Series. I don't 
know if there's a name for that. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. Not, no name plays popped in my mind either. I think of Derek Jeter with his little flip uh, against Oakland in the ALCS. Yeah, he, he sort of cut off a throw from the outfield perfectly to to I get. I think it was Jeremy of, Giambi. Well, I was going to say one of the score. Giambi brothers. Yeah, who didn't yeah. slide. Um, you know, of course, I think of Manny Ramirez catching a ball in the outfield halfway climbing up the wall, slapping high five with a fan in the stands and then coming off the wall and delivering a strike to second base to double up a guy. (laughs) Well, I'll correct correct myself real quick. The shot heard round the world, I believe, was Bill Mazarowski. San Francisco Giants. That won the pennant, I think. So we got all Uh, kinds of shit for Staff Boy. Aaron fucking Boone, right? Hold on, let me give you the longest punt return. Yes. No, so no, no, not punt, punt return. Oh. Longest it, punt. Uh, oh, longest punt. Okay, yes. My, my mistake. Well, you were busy watching Claude Giroux wreak havoc in Sidney Crosby's brain. So, um, yeah, shot her around the world's a good one. Um, oh, wait, was that Robbie Thompson? That or name? was it Bill Mazarowski? Because Mazarowski played for the Pirates. Yeah, then I want to say it was Robbie Thompson because I think it was a giant. That's way back. That's in the 50s. Steve O'Neill booted the longest punt in NFL history, a 98-yard blast oh, against the Broncos. That's insane. That is That's a, a re- that probably will never be touched. Yeah, right. I mean, how do you how do you kick a 90? You got to go You can't do 100 cuz it's a touchback. Yeah. So there's there's a little bit of play there, but not much. Um well, uh, Stat Boy, maybe you can um, find Cunningham's 92-yard punt and send it to me via Instagram, and, I, and that'll make it easier for me to post it later. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all for our flop and our, our biggest – oh, no, no. I did want to mention one non-Philadelphia one that I remembered. Of course, all my Seattle fans would be remiss and mad at me if I didn't bring up Beast Quake. You remember that one, Shoop? Oh, yeah. Uh, why am I blanking out on his name? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch runs, I want to say, 60-some yards for a score in the playoffs the year that the Seahawks were 7-9, and nine, and they hosted the 12-4 and four New Orleans Saints. And uh, it, was a, it was a tremendous run. And then he, as he dives over the end zone, he turns around and grabs his crotch for everybody to see. So. <laughs> Gotta love shot heard around the world, by the way, just to eliminate errors. Bobby Thompson in 1951. Terrific. Troop Dog pulling double duty tonight, being Stat Boy and co-host of the Nuts, starring Pet Shop Eddie and Shoop Dog. Out of boy, Shoop. Uh yeah. let's move on to our turn this week, which is T Dish. Which is if this is your first time, I can't speak. If this is your first time listening to the pod, T-Dish is our segment called This Day in Sports History. So how about this, Shoop Dog? August 15th, I'm sorry, 16th, 1920. So T-Dish 1920, Cleveland Indian Ray Chapman hit by pitch from a New York Yankee pitcher in the head and goes to the hospital and dies the next day. To this day, the only fatality in the course of Major League Baseball play. Did you know that happened? 
I had no idea. That's terrible. I know. I, I couldn't believe it when I read that. I was like, Matt own. I can't believe somebody died. But you know what? Those balls are fucking hard. And if you're back then in 1920, I'm sure the batters didn't have helmets on. So he probably took one just in the wrong spot. But rest in peace, Ray Chapman, this day in sports history, 1920, got hit in the pitch. Now, how about a couple of um, – World records that, if you've listened to this pod, you know, drive me nuts. T-Dish 2008, Michael Phelps wins his seventh of eight total gold medals in Beijing, China, for the Olympics, uh, setting all kinds of crazy records that would only be uh, bested four years later, of course, because they never stopped getting bested. At some point, it's going to be down to zero. We're going to swim the 100-meter freestyle in zero seconds. Uh, I'm sorry. It chaps my ass. And then, of course, in the same in the same uh, realm, this T-Dish in 2008, Usain Bolt sets a world record for the 100-meter dash. Guess what? He breaks the same record on the same day in 2009. So, you know, he's just setting world records like giving out giving out world records like Oprah gives out cars and he he breaks his own record next year in 2009 T-Dish on this day in sports history. So, it just drives me nuts how these timed events are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and at some point we're either going to hit the, you know, the the human uh, limit of how fast we can run 100 meters or how fast we can swim 100 meters. Or it's just going to continue to shave by hundreds of seconds every year until we get down to who knows what. Um, T-Dish 2022, just last year. The Phillies, our Phillies, our Philadelphia Phillies, win their 10,000th game. They are the ninth team ever to win 10,000 games. And I think since then, since... This day, last year, and now, uh, there's been a 10th team. But I'm going to put a pause on that because we got a little teaser for trivia later. Um, and that's all I got for T-Dish. What do you think, Shoop? It was a good T-Dish right there. I mean, Ray Chapman, Diane, really caught my eye. And and then, of course, Phelps and Bolt, like, just it's just going to torture my life forever. You won't, you won't see zero, so you can rest easy on that. <laughs> um you watch any preseason football shoot? I had a quick story about my experience last week. You know, I saw a little bit of the Hall of Fame game, and then uh, when I was at work, I had it queued up uh, a little bit of the Saints Chiefs, but I haven't really had much time to 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 delve into it too much. I like seeing that the games are on. I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm not a, as much as I am an NFL guy, and I hardly miss. A game or even snap certainly big play uh during the regular season i'm just I, I can't i can't sit down and geek out for the preseason like a lot of my fellow sports nuts can i know my buddy heine does um and some other guys that i know that are just are just completely encompassed and uh that's not the right word but incompetent in, no i was going for uh incontinent it, Yes, a lot of my <laughs> friends are incontinent, and I'm calling them out here on this on the fucking podcast. No, they just get engrossed 
I think is what I was looking for in the preseason, looking for looking at specific uh, positions and you know guys if they're going to be backups or practice squad or cut altogether. And so I can't get I can't be uh, I can't lie and say I'm that much into it, but I did shoot. Uh, right before the game that day, it was a Saturday night game and I'm, uh, I'm scrolling on social media and what do I see? There's a Northwest Eagles group on Facebook and see, I don't do Facebook much at all these days. Um, I'm much more into the Instagram these days, but I was on Facebook and I said, Whoa, Northwest bird gang. It's called. So shout out to those, those guys. Cause they might be listening. And I, and I met up with a couple of the Eagles fans down at an Eagles bar, or actually more more accurately, a Philly bar, uh, down in Seattle at a, at a little um, little neighborhood called Ballard. And so it's called – That's awesome. La- yeah, it's called Last Call. So out front of their bar, they've got Seahawks and Mariners flag, but then, uh, then the door, and then on the other side of the door, it's Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies flag. So I'm like, oh, I have to go down there. So I went down there and I met the owner, Brian, super cool dude from Philly. Met like seven or eight people from Philly. Sat there and watched the game with all these Philly peeps, and we're just sitting there shooting the shit about Philadelphia and Wawa and Penn State and all kinds of fun stuff. So it was just an now, what'd you wear blast. down there, Eddie? Oh, I had my Reggie White Kelly green on and an Eagles hat and shorts, so I could show off my Philly tattoo. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got a question for you. I saw a guy in the bar last night with a t-shirt on. It was green and it said flip flop Philadelphia. What does that mean? Does that ring a bell? That So no. And I don't know. Flip flop Philadelphia. Was it like P H I? No, like F L I P. And it had like a flip cup, like a, I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it meant. Yeah, it might, that it. might be something personal to him i don't think i've ever heard that um but real quick shoot before i get away from last call um so the eagles play the seahawks this year which would be a great um in seattle yeah it's in seattle shoot you is it me is it me Stapport? did his uh, did his audio go down a little bit uh i i hear him fine okay and you're coming through good shoot maybe just talking to the mic a little bit better. i might have moved my mic a little yeah you did now you're much better okay. um so it's it, it is it's out here in seattle eagles seahawks it's on december 17th so brian and i were talking the owner of last call he's totally going to let me record a pod from the bar so here's the deal on the saturday before they're having a huge tailgate party and they're hosting a group of people flying out from Philly. They, they Philadelphia does these organized trips. They're called Philly span, Philly fans sports trips or something. And they go they go to at least one away game every year. Sometimes they do multiple. So this year they're all coming out here, and it's going to be this whole big thing. It's all in all the Philly radios and stuff. Anyway, they're coming to that bar on the Saturday before the Sunday game. And I'm gonna record a pod down there. So I had I'm throwing it out to you now first, dude. But put it on your calendar. You might be busy with hockey, but December 16th, which is a Saturday, we'll figure out a time, and I'm gonna record the pod live from Last Call, where it's gonna be a huge tailgate party between Seahawks fans and Eagles fans the day before the game. How cool is that? I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So he was a really cool dude, and um, 
you know, I'm a hunker down and watch the Eagles games. And so we'll see. Uh, first of all, DirecTV doesn't even have the NFL ticket this year anymore. So I have to figure out what to do, whether I'm going to jump ship and, and go to YouTube or if I'm going to watch the games up at the casino at the sports book or if I'm going to go down the last call. So we'll figure well, it out. I'm surprised you're not going to be at the game itself. Well, that shoot, that's on Saturday. The, the game's on the, Sunday. Right, right, right. The big You'll tailgate be, party's on Saturday. So where will you be for the actual game? Well, Are I'll fucking going? be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wash your That's mouth awesome. out. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out, shout out to Brian and last call. And I guess there's another um, Philly bar. It's a little further south. It's like another 30 minutes south of Seattle. And I haven't been there either. Um so when I visit there, I'll shout them out on the pod. Uh, but for now, last call, if you're in the Seattle area and you're a Philly fan listening, go check out Brian in Ballard. That's actually technically right on the corner of Ballard and, and Fremont. So or on Now the there's border. a Philly bar in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I sent you a picture of when I was there earlier this summer. I mean, we're just all over the fucking place, Shoop. You can't get rid so. of us. No one likes us and we don't care. The city of brotherly love spreads its wings throughout sure, the lower 48. We sure do. Um, all right. So that brings us to our river. We're moving right along this episode, but we got a lot to talk about here in the river and the showdown. Um, let's start with trivia. Now, last week I gave an absolute. Uh, thank you. I gave an absolute uh, – what do you call it? Why can't I speak tonight? Softball. Softball. Thank you, Shoop. I just threw I just threw a softball up there for you who holds it. the MLB record for the most no-hitters. I believe it's the Ryan Express with seven. It is. Actually, Statboy, look that up. I actually think he's got nine, but um, it could be seven. I know it's known Ryan is the answer. And we'll have we'll have Statboy let us know if it's seven or nine. But good job, Shoop. I knew you would know that for sure. I wasn't sure. I don't remember if Iza guessed it or not. And uh, we did have a couple of people reach out. Uh, three people were were correct, and one person was wrong. So I'm not throwing any shame. What was out. the wrong guess? I'm just curious. It was uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw. I want to say Kershaw. Yeah. Nedster's going hard on the chest. I can hear the clicking like crazy. No, I think he's looking up how many no hitters does Nolan Ryan have. Is he even with <laughs> Statboy? Are you even with I us? On, I was on mute, so I wasn't. I, I was looking it up, but that was not the clicking you heard from me. That's okay. true. He wasn't mute. He was on mute. Is it this click? Yeah, I'm hearing it like crazy. What is it? A pen? No, it's my mouse. Oh, yeah, you're hammering that thing. Well, I'm hammering it because I was going between. Um, you got last, a lot of tabs. Over. Last week, I do have a lot of tabs. That's exactly what I was clicking on. All Seven right. no hitters in his career. Thanks, Shoop. You got it right. Stat boy, wow. you're the best. Appreciate you coming out with that. Okay, so let's move on to our new trivia. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned that on this day in sports history last year, the Phillies won their 10,000th game. And they became the ninth ever team to win 10,000 games. So your trivia question for this week is a tough one. How many of the other eight can you name? And I actually did not um, write this down yet. So I'm going to have to look it up quick while you're guessing. But 
Shoop Dog, I want you to guess, and uh, you can start throwing them out right now because I got it in front of me now. Who are the other eight teams that have 10,000 wins? All right. Yankees. Correct. Dodgers. Correct. Uh, Cardinals. Correct. Giants. Correct. Uh, Red Sox. Incorrect. Wow. Uh, Chicago Cubs. Correct. Um, boy, let's see. The Atlanta Braves. Correct. Yeah, two more. Um, let's say... Um, Very impressive showing so far by you, Shoop. Here's where it's going to get tough. Um, are the Minnesota Twins up there? They are not. They are currently 15th. Um, so obviously we're talking about the top nine teams. They are 15th. They have over 9,000 wins, but still way down there at 9,153. So they got quite a while. Now, your other guests, so, the Boston Red Sox, to be fair, yeah. are 10th. They're right behind the Phillies, and they have 9,859 wins. So they're, what's that, 41 wins away from 10,000. Wow. So they might get that. Well, they'll definitely get it next year. So I've got two more teams to guess, and I'm on strike two. Yes, fair um, enough. Man. And you're, uh, let, adjust your mic again. I've got I've got two strikes with two teams to go. Stop readjusting your mic because now you sound much better. My gosh, I got to get uh, Baltimore Orioles. Incorrect. However, they wow. are 16th and they also have over 9,000. So your guesses are not far off, but that's your third strike, right? Well, I left some some meat on the bone for our listeners. That's right. Meat on the bone for your listeners. You're, you're guessing two. Just to recap, and I'll do them in order. So number one team with the most wins in the Major League Baseball is San Francisco Giants. And obviously, part of the reason that these teams are good, the other part of the reason is they've been around since the 1800s, right? Right, right. The only team that's not from the 1800s is on this list is the Yankees, but we'll get there. So number one, San Francisco Giants. Number two, Los Angeles Dodgers. Number three, Chicago Cubs. Number four, St. Louis Cardinals. Number five, Atlanta Braves. Then you missed number six and number seven, and you got the Yankees. So really well done, Shoop. Very, very impressed. And there awesome. is I've been on fire on the tonight. Yep. Hook, hook us up, peeps. Reach out to us via text, via Instagram, via comments on Podbean. Let us know who those other two teams are. And I got to say, talking about these teams, looking at them, kind of surprising up there. Uh, kind of surprised, especially one of them in particular. So we'll talk more about that next week. Find out next week on the 31st episode of the Not Starring Patch Up, Eddie and Shoop Dog. That brings us to our worst bet updates. Now, there's some controversy this week, guys. Really? Yeah, I'll explain why. So first, let's take care of a win. Iza had a win for sure because he had Sweden in the Women's World Cup reaching the semifinals. And they did. And so he put 50 units on a plus 250 bet. So that win, that won him 125 units. And I've already locked that in. Okay, that's not where the controversy is. The controversy is, sadly, Shoop, uh, between your win last week and, and Iz's other win. 
So let's start with Izzas. Izzas' other uh, worst bet was Australia to beat France. And he threw out the number there, plus 265, which I took his word for and and wrote that down. But what I didn't check and see if that was a strict money line or if it was win in regulation. And so... So what happened was the Australians tied France. They went to extra time. They tied in extra time, and then they went to PKs. And Australia did end up winning. And so it's a nice number if he gets it. It's uh, he only put thirty units on it, but it would be you know somewhere around eighty bucks. Now I put it on the leaderboard for now until we get this controversy worked out. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at the stats and the odds for that game to see, you know, what his bet was that he quoted the plus 265 and if he gets a win uh, for PK. But similarly, Shoop, you had 250 units <laughs> on the money line for Spain, and now they won an overtime. So they didn't go to PK, but full-time came and went, and it was a deadlock, and then they won an overtime. So again, slight controversy. I but put, I, I just selected them to win money line. Right, but so, so they won. They won. They were um, they were minus one sixty. And I had my whole stack riding on that. Yeah, two hundred and fifty units on it. So, so I, again, what's the controversy. I well because they won. They didn't. They didn't win in regulation. So I don't see why that matters. Well, because it does matter if you're look. Okay, I guess you might not be super familiar with betting on on soccer. On soccer, there's a there's actually a few different types of money line bets. There's a, a three way, or just a straight money line, and depending on where you got your odds and where where is it got his odds is plus two sixty. He could have been talking about a three-way. In which case, if a three-way, you're a loser, because you, because the three options are team A wins, team B wins, or draw. Now, obviously, in knockout stage of major tournaments, you can't end in a draw. But for betting purposes, it's called a draw, and then they go to PK to determine a winner for the game. But that's not quite a money line win sometimes. <laughs> so again, listen, I put it down there cause I don't want any, obviously nothing major controversial. I put your one fifty five win down because that was 250 units at a minus one sixty. Now shoot your argument could be at minus one sixty. That's probably just a straight money line. So it doesn't matter how they win. They just win. And, that, and, and I'm leaning towards that. So that's why I put yeah. it in there. But they're well, I all. Just, I, I saw their odds on ESPN. I saw they're favored, so I, I laid the bet. Right. So they're. I'm just saying there are three way stuff. But for all intents and purposes, I'm putting both of your wins down, and I got a worst bets leaderboard. So here it is: Jassy holding steady at 265, Jones holding steady at 222, Iza 174, Shoop Dog 155. So you're. All right there. Sadly, I'm. I did win my bet last week, 
and I want 160 units, but that only brings me to negative 330. So, yeah, I'm still hurting, which is why I'm going to go big this week again, and I'm going to stick with the Women's World Cup, and I'm going to take a two-way money line, just to be clear now, on Spain in the final against England for 500 units. So I will double-check what those odds are. It'll be not as good as odds if you bet the Spain to win in the three-way, which means you know win in regulation. Um, but I'm going to take Spain money line for 500 units, try to get on the plus side here in the worst bets. What do you got, Shoop Dog? Uh, I'm going to let my stack ride on the over tomorrow between the Dodgers and the Brewers. The number I saw was eight and a half runs. All right, so Dodger and you – and what do I have you down for? What did I just say you're – like 155 units. One fit. Let me double check that. Yes, 155. Okay, so you got 155 units on the Dodgers over tomorrow. Dodgers Brewers over. Yep. Eight and a half. Sounds good. Uh, Issa is on holiday, so obviously he's not here. Jassy is still spending time with little Max. She hasn't put a bet in. Jones has been putting a few bets in. Uh, but he also was in Germany for a few weeks, so he'll get back in the swing of things. We've got just a little over three weeks uh, before our uh, deadline, which is uh, Labor Day, uh, which is September 4th. So one, two, a little under three weeks, actually, before then. Um, and uh, then we'll reset it for NFL season. But Jassy holding t- steady, and we'll see what the prize is. Now, I was looking at the calendar quick, Shoop. Besides tonight, we have three episodes left before NFL football is on for real. We have next week, the 23rd. We have the following Wednesday, the 30th, and then the day before the game start, which is September 6th. So I'm thinking, Shoop Dog, that next week we do a Steelers-Giants preview. We kind of group those guys together, and then that way the week after that we'll do Seahawks, and the week after that we'll do Eagles right before the season. Sounds good to me. All right, so your homework for next week is put together a little Steelers NFL season preview, and I'll do some homework as well, of course, and we'll have uh, Izzy do his Giants, and I'll do both teams, and we'll we'll figure what we come out with. Remember, peeps, if you missed it, last week we did our predictions for the full league. We've got all the records down. I've got it uh, recorded here in my spreadsheet, and we're going to play a little game with who does best. We'll talk about that as we go on through the season. Um, That brings us to our showdown. And I got a couple of quick things in showdown, but not a whole lot, Shoop. First of all, your boy Jake Cave, another home run tonight. Let's go. He's starting to heat up a little bit, and I wanted to just dip into the Phillies quickly. Um, mind-numbingly frustrating, like barely over 500 club they are right now because, I mean, obviously you're happy with anything over 500, but this team with its payroll and its star power, like they need to get her going here. And they did win tonight. Harper had two dingers, so he seems to be lifting the ball some more recently. Uh, But they just seem to be dropping some really frustrating games where their, their bats just go dead silent for two or three games. And uh, but you know, they're they're top wild card spot in the NL, um, so they're sitting very nicely. We can't complain too loudly. I mean, they're 
in a division with the best team in baseball record wise. So, uh, you know, I can't get too hard on them, but they, I just wish I'd saw some more, um, some more consistent offense out of this group. They certainly have the talent to do it. So it's, you know, it's frustrating to see them score 13 runs, eight runs, nine runs, and then go three, three games in a row where they score zero one, one. It's just a little frustrating, but, um, Shoop, how are the Twins looking? You know, they're kind of the same way. They four or five games over 500. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they dip. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I mean. I, I think the Twins just took two out of three from the Phils. And that's kind of a common theme with them. They, they're they low again, Shoop. They're competing against these. Uh, playoff caliber teams but when it comes to the detroits and the kansas cities and the other teams that are under 500 they're struggling with so yeah it's frustrating um, i know this i don't don't have high hopes but i did hear some guys talking at the bar today saying that the 87 mets who won the world series finished the regular season with 85 wins well hold on 87 mets i I, i'm gonna call seven twins oh you did you say Mets? If I said Mets, I didn't mean to. Yeah, because that was uh, that was Kirby Puckett year, right? So, so the '87 Twins who won the World Series apparently ended the regular season with 85 wins. Really? So what's that? They were 85 and 80. Wait, I'm 81. Confused. That was 162. So, why am I doing shitty math here? I got it right here when you What did they finish? 85 and 77. And 77, correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, I was really blanking out there. So I... all I'm saying is even though they've been pretty uh, boring and average all year, you never know. You get into the playoffs, you catch lightning in a bottle, get a couple arms that start, you know, dealing, who knows? Truth and the, and they don't have to see the Yankees this year in the first round, which has been their Achilles heel in the past. Well, fuck Baltimore is no fucking joke, but not that you'd play them in the first round. But yeah, I mean the Phillies uh, took until the last weekend to get in the playoffs last week last year. They were the third wild card and then uh, rode all the way to the World Series. So you just got to get the dance, as they say. Just get yourself a ticket. You know what's funny? Seattle and Philly pretty much have the same record this year. Do they? I th- yeah, as we sit right now, Philly's 66 and 55, and the Mariners are 65 and 55. Well, I love it. Um, I know I was out on Saturday night after the Eagles game, and we were at a pub, a different pub watching that Mariners game. They ended up losing that game, but they were everybody was jazzed up because they had won, I don't know, seven or eight in a row, or maybe eight or nine out of ten and uh, gotten themselves right back in the thick of things too. So, yeah, you know, football's coming, and we're going to have to dedicate a lot of time to football, but now's the time. We keep saying, oh, it's still early, it's still early in the summer, but we got to start talking some more Major League Baseball here as the playoffs, you know, inch ever closer. And both both squads, essentially all three of our squads um, – not counting Iza and his lowly Mets uh, are going to be in the are going to be in the mix for the playoffs. And it's going to be, I mean, playoff baseball is just so much fun. So we're going to have to cover that as we get closer. 
Yeah, and both both the AL and the NL, I think, are five deep in the in the wild card race as far as who's in a legit spot to win it. I agree. So it's going to get exciting. Get in the dance and see what happens. You you keep you keep moving your head away from your mic. It's driving me nuts. Um, world, <laughs> I'm sorry. We want to hear what you got to say, brother. Um. Uh, Okay, so the only other thing I had in showdown, I got no, I got no suckouts or no passwords this week, but I did want to just briefly talk about the women's World Cup because I know um, the next, our next episode is going to be over. So it's uh, down to the final shoop. You probably completely tuned out after the USA women lost. So did my son, um, but I've been paying attention, and I, I gotta just without getting political, because I hate being political. It, you know, my buddy was in Germany. Jones, who's been on this pod, was in Germany when the Germans lost and were kicked out of the World Cup. And he said that it was hardly even news. Like, nobody talked about it. And it really bummed me out because <laughs> it's good sporting. It's It's a great spectacle, and it's and it's a wonderful international sporting event and nobody fucking pays attention to it. Now, this year isn't doing it any favors because it's on at 3 in the morning, depending on what, what time zone you're in. It be, be, could be 1 in the morning, it could be 3 in the morning, it could be 6 in the morning. It, you know, they're not great times. And I get that. But I'll tell you what, I am happy that I've sat through most matches of this whole World Cup I'm really insanely disappointed that we've lost, that USA lost. Uh, and I do wish that the girls would start focusing more on football and less on, you know, becoming a celebrity, so to speak. Uh, I know it's hard. It's something that all athletes are dealing with these, all professional athletes deal with these days, men or women. Um, but it's going to be Spain and England in the final. It's a. I have a lot of English football fans, but I'm, I got to lean towards Spain. It's why I'm taking them in my worst bet segment, and I will stop talking about it because I know it's boring everybody. But I love the Women's World Cup. I love all international sports plays. Let's move on. Shoop Dog, you have anything for show? I, I got nothing. I don't, I don't have any suckouts today. I'm happy you're happy with the Women's World Cup, and uh, <laughs> go Spain. Uh, why not? Yeah, go Spain. Uh, NED... Uh, any suckouts, my brother? I have a suckout. It's kind of off topic from what we were talking about, and it's get, pretty normal. No problem. Off topic is fine. Just get on mic so I can hear you better. Brain freezes. Oh boy, here we so go. So <laughs> freaking unnecessary. They don't need to happen, and they're horrible, horrible pain. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's some sort of medical reason why we get a brain freeze? Possibly, but why did the higher power up give us brain freezes? I mean, what, what was the point? <laughs> I don't know if the higher power up foresaw the Slurpee. I don't know. Right. It, ha- it happens for cold water too. You've never drinking a uh, fast cold like drink drink water. I've only Slurpee. been brain freezed by a Slurpee. I second else. that. Nothing else. Or water ice. Well, Which I guess is- we'll have to leave that to the viewers to. So, so stat boy, you're telling me you had a glass of ice water and you get a brain freeze from that? 
Yeah. It wasn't from that fish house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they didn't have it. Thank you for calling back, Shoop. Uh, yes, they don't They don't even give them out. So who knows? How would we ever know if we no, got brain freezing? Yeah, I don't know how you get a brain. You must have been chugging some really cold water. Uh, I was, yes. Stat Boy. It's hot out. All right, Stat Boy. Well, that's a good suck out. Why do why does the <laughs> why does the brain freeze exist? Is it necessary? Does it save us or prevent us from harming ourselves in any way? Uh, chime in on the comments. Let us know if if Stat Boy just needs to you know stop drinking freezing cold water or Slurpees. <laughs> Shoot, do you get a free Slurpee on Free Slurpee Day every year? I, you know the sad thing about Minnesota, they don't have Seven Eleven. Oh. There are no Slurpees here, dude. I haven't missed a free Slurpee day in, oof, probably fifteen plus years. It shows. When is Slurp? Was it wow. on Seven Eleven? Is that when it is? Is it on July eleventh? Yeah, July eleventh, and it's changed over the years. Nowadays, as as expected. They give out a small cup of Slurpee, just barely bigger than a Dixie cup. Um, but not too long ago, in my son's life, they would say, just come in and bring whatever jug you have, <laughs> fill it up. That's so insane. I, I've got pictures of him with like a five-gallon iced tea jug. Oh, shit. And we just went in there and fucking cranked her. And Gosh, yeah, I so Slurpee, man. <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with overloading your 10 year old with you know 4,000 grams of sugar you know what's uh, worse than a brain freeze oh no too much wasabi oh how do you even explain that reaction isn't it crazy how it travels up your nose it's just a ride that you have no other option of just sitting back and letting it pass well, it I is may, something you else. may it's you, you make a pungent face first, don't you? Well, it's just, I mean, it, it goes zero to 60 real quick. And before you know it, your head's on fire. Is that is that how you eat your sushi, Shoop? Do you do, you, do, you do the soy sauce and wasabi? I do. I mix the wasabi to the soy sauce. See, So the ratio's got to be appropriate. Otherwise, you're getting fireballs. See, that's how my wife eats it but i skip the soy sauce i dip right in the dry wasab wow and i and many many times i have problems <laughs> <laughs> you know ned knows because he loves the sushi too so we'll be sitting there and i'll just get a big chunk by accident and i just oh man that, that's something else it's about a 10 second ride and then you're crying <laughs> all right fun stuff yeah, we can talk then about you go back for another bite you do. You absolutely do. Um, okay, so here's the deal coming up. We got next week we're going to do Steelers-Giants preview for the NFL. Also, I'm going to commit right now, putting it on the on there, a little bit deeper Major League playoff pre, Major League Baseball playoff preview. And then last thing is I'm going to promise some fun stuff at the end of the episode. Maybe another sports password or battle the bands or battle the broads or something we'll have something fun towards the end of next week's episode is that does that sound like very, good plan everybody exciting great plan all right boys well episode that's all 30 what's that episode 30 in the books you have anything to put on the end here or should we just play it out i'm going straight to the king 
Thanks, Stat Boy. Thanks, Shoop Dog. Miss you, Jassy. Miss you, Izza. Check us out next week for episode 31. And we're out on the nuts. You know what? I can't. I can't end it here. Shoop, I can't end it here. I'm not. not? Because I forgot about Elvis. T-Dish. T-Dish in 1977. Elvis dies. Yeah, let's just let this play. And rest Rest in in peace, peace, King. King. (laughs) Exactly. Let it play. Turn it up a little.